I'm Corey Crenshaw. I'm Richie Suave Flores. And this is Sporty with Corey and Richie Suave. On the Hockey Podcast Network. Welcome back in Sporty Nation. It is a wonderful Thursday. Um, we are recording this on Monday, but somehow Richie was able to watch multiple Fast and the Furious movies during the span of a day. I am so impressed and so proud. So we'll be talking about that. We'll be talking about our most annoying um, song of two thousand two twenty twenty. I can't even speak of that year after all of this stuff. Um, and uh, we will also be talking about some ASU hockey, some Coyote stuff. We've got a lot to get into. So I'm going to stop my yammering and introduce my wonderful and amazing co-host as always, Richie Suave Flores. How you doing? Hello, Corey. I have a new fashion I'm starting today, which is I have three stickers on my hand that were put on there by... Um, by Izzy. Izzy put some stickers on my hand. There is uh, one that says one more month, one that says fun, and one that says pick up. So I have some good luck stickers on my on my hand for this Thursday episode. <laughs> she, uh, that one, the, the one more month thing, mm-hmm. I feel like that is like a, the mantra of 2020. Just get through one more month, one more monthly. You know how everyone's like, just get through the next day. That's how we keep on like dealing with this year is like one more month, 2020 is over. Yeah. we're Now like, it's like half a month. We're like Dory from Finding Dory and Finding Nemo. And she says, just keep swimming, just keep swimming. And well, that's, that's I, kind of us is just like one, one more month, one more month, just 20, just 16 more days, 16 more days. And then we're done with 2020. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and then hopefully 2021 is better. But, you know, I don't know if I should be optimistic or not. We're, again, we're, like I said, we're recording on a Monday. And the first vaccines for COVID-19 are out and about as of Monday. So they're starting to roll out, which is good. Amazing work by all those scientists and vaccine people that managed to get this on the market within the year which is just insane work so thank god it's thank goodness it's gonna be over soon and we can pop the bottle on my brand new wine that i got in the mail on monday from knocking point of course fu 2020 is the name of the wine it's a sparkling rosé and I cannot wait until December 31st, New Year's Eve, and we can pop that bottle open and kiss 2020 goodbye. I absolutely love it. This year was the most catfished year I think we could have ever had. Everyone was super psyched for 2020. I bought stuff that had 2020 on it, including glasses that I made you wear mm-hmm. on uh, New Year's. I Because I thought this was going to be an awesome year. Like, uh halfway through the month of uh, January, I bought a new car and it's like the first new car I've ever had. And I was like, so psyched. This was going to be a great year. 
And then March hit and it just all went to shit and everything just kind of went downhill from there. So um, I'm, I'm really glad to get this year over. It's very sad because um, the catfishing was real. I genuinely thought this was going to be um, a year for the history books for a different reason. I thought it was going to be in like a positive reason. But you know... We should expect that anymore. Anytime you're expecting things to go really well, they go really terrible. So, you know, gauge your expectations for 2021. You know, if you think it's going to be like, all right, then then it'll go pretty decent. But if you're like, oh, this is going to be a whole nother year that's going to be so much better than 2020, I'm sorry, but uh, a pandemic and the economic repercussions of a pandemic don't just go away because it becomes the first of a new year. It may be a new calendar year, but that doesn't mean all of the stuff just gets swept under the rug. So there will still be a little, like, um, spillage over into 2021. So we, we just got to hang on here. 2022 might be pretty solid, which I'm really hoping that because my number was always, like, 222 or 22 and stuff like that. Um... I race motocross. That's why that the two 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 comes from. That I know most sports don't have three numbers, but um, for all the other ones, it was twenty two. So I'm hoping that's a solid year for me. That's a long time from now, and here I will tell you this about about twenty twenty one. I've discussed this. I think somewhat recently on the show. My thirtieth birthday is about a month and a half away, so. That is something. (laughs) Yeah, it's one of those where there's a possibility that we might have to, like, we might have to just, like, hold on to that. And then for you and Kat, just go, like, balls to the wall later. Like, as as a late 30th thing. That's an that's an interesting idea because you can yeah I mean as long as you celebrate it at some point during the year I guess it really doesn't matter so yeah you know like and so that way we you know we can do something small when the time comes but then once we're able to I'm thinking I mean people are you know buying concert tickets for like June and July um, I feel like that's pretty optimistic but. Um, you know, towards the latter part of the year, I think things will start getting better and um, that basically we'll be able to do more things. I mean, I, I feel you. I, I really feel you in that situation because, like, um, my... Uh, and I'm going to sound, like, crazy for saying this because I'm only 26, but uh, my 10-year anniversary is um, in 2021, the be- beginning part of 2021 as well, so... I, I feel you on the fact of not being able to do anything fun. Like, uh, I, I wanted to take a trip to Hawaii, but I, I don't think that's going to happen anymore. No, not not quite yet. Not quite yet. You have to, have to wait a little bit longer for that, but that's totally okay. So, anyway, um, you already teased what's coming up in the show, but I do want to tell you how I what I thought of the other Fast and the Furious movies that I watched on Monday because I was off on Monday all day. Didn't have anything to do whatsoever. 
And so I was like, you know what? I don't have any TV shows to watch or anything like that. So I can I can watch a couple more of the Fast and Furious movies. And luckily, the ones I watched were pretty short. They were all under two hours. So I was able to knock them out really quickly. And and here's my my hot take about it so far, which is that Tokyo Drift is actually a good movie. I actually really enjoyed Tokyo Drift. I thought it was I thought it was quite fun. The action sequences were great. The Japanese setting was awesome. The idea of the kind of doing it with drifting was really cool, which is something the other movies don't do. So it was like a stepsister to the other movies. But I'd put it up there with with so far, if I had to rank them, here's how I would rank them, and you're gonna get mad at me for this, I think. I, I, I want to put Too Fast, Too Furious, number one. Because I like the direction of the second movie better than I like the first one. It was directed by John Singleton, who has since passed away, unfortunately. But he did a great job with that movie, and I really liked the way it was it was directed by him. It just felt like a little... It felt like it was a well-produced movie, where as the original Fast and the Furious although it set the stage for the entire franchise, was kind of almost too... It was a little too raw for me. The action sequences were great. Like, they had they robbed a tanker truck, which was incredible. That was... Or a semi-truck, which was really cool. That was my favorite scene in the in the first movie, at least. But... Um, so I would go Too Fast, Too Furious is, is my favorite. I'd go Tokyo Drift, number two. Um... The original Fast and the Furious is going to be my third rank so far. And then the worst of the bunch is the fourth one. The fourth one Damn. Is, is my least favorite so far. Wasn't a biggest fan of it. There was some... There was a real... The best part of the movie was the first ten minutes of the movie, which was the opening action sequence. And, that, and then it, from there, it was just like, okay, paint by numbers. It wasn't really all that interesting. And, and there you go. But I'm excited because from what I understand, once we get to Fast Five, that's when it like really gets crazy because that's when The Rock joins in. That's when like things really start to get good. Yeah, it starts to get like crazy vibes. Like, that's the thing is it, it starts out very like kind of similar. You know, like they have some outlandish things. But it's not like in your face outlandish. It starts getting in your face outlandish. Like things you would, you're like, you texted me when you're watching Too Fast, Too Furious to be like, oh, uh, Brian O'Connor, um, who's Paul Walker's character, he, he takes a car and he like jumps it into a boat, essentially. Um, you were like, oh, I see where this starts to kind of go off the rails. That is, like, slightly off the rails. It goes to a point where it's off the rails and into the desert to the far left of the rails. Like, you can't even see the rails anymore. It's gone so far. It's things that you, like, wouldn't even think that you would do with a car, but they still do it with a car and like big buildings and all sorts of random shit. But it's like fun as hell to watch. And you just have to go into it not expecting things to be realistic. If you go into it expecting it to have like realistic vibes, that is not 
the way that this series goes like from here on out. And I know that and I'm I'm very excited because I'm a big fan of The Rock, big fan of Jason Statham, and that's what they do. All of their movies are super big, super action crazy and super fun usually. And so I'm looking forward to the rest of the, the franchise. I I might watch now, nah, probably not tonight. Maybe tomorrow night I'll watch Fast 5 pro- because I have to get up early in the morning for work on Tuesday morning, so I probably won't watch any more tonight because I want to watch it all in one go. So, yeah, I'm. Uh, we'll keep the Sporting Nation updated on my power rankings for Fast and Furious as I continue along watching them. I, I'm so excited by the fact that you're going to be caught up, and so when Fast 9 comes out you will be able to go with me to theaters to watch it. I'm super excited about this. Especially, too, because we haven't been in, like, a movie theater, I feel like, in forever. I don't even remember the last movie I watched with you. It was Star... Was it Star Wars? It was Star Wars. You are correct. See, my my mental capabilities brought me all the way back to, like, Charlie's Angels, and then I couldn't remember anything past that. <laughs> That's, that's, yeah, so they, that's, so it's been over, gosh, it's been a year since we actually saw a movie in the theaters together. Yeah, that's gonna, yeah, it'll, it'll be really cool. It'll be cool to be back at it and the fact that you will actually be caught up with all the Fast and the Furious movies and you will be able to, um, watch it and and actually know what's going on. I mean, the, the storyline doesn't, um thread as much once you go forward but you'll see you'll enjoy it It just sit back and enjoy the ride i am super excited for it very much so okay let's we'll save we have some we have the most annoying song of 2020 coming up a little bit later but because our last our monday show we basically we talked about hockey for four minutes and that was it so I figure we get quicker into the hockey on this episode. So let's kick it off with I th- what I think, and it actually kind of goes into our entire conversation the first 15 minutes of the show, because it has to, a lot to do with COVID. But it's this idea on whether or not we're actually going to be able to go to a Coyotes game at Healy River Arena coming up here in 2021 right now. Doesn't seem like it as COVID cases here in Arizona are still really, really high. The Arizona Cardinals have said no fans for the foreseeable future after they kind of were starting to increase them. So that's the question here is, what do you think? Do you think we're going to be able as fans to go to a Coyotes game this shortened season? I don't think so. Um... I think it's a lot harder when it comes to arenas to space people out. In stadiums, um, you can space people out, I feel like, a lot easier. And a lot of them are open, so you can keep them open and space people out proportionately. And so it makes it a lot easier. As for arenas, I just don't see it working out and... For the season, I think once we're finally in a place where people are going to be allowed to be in more crowded spaces and stuff like that, 
it won't be towards you know the end of the year which will then be into the next season so i would not say this upcoming season at all i i 100 agree with you because the vaccine is going to take a while to work its way through the population i don't think it's gonna make it in time to get fans for the nhl season and the unfortunate thing about that and i agree with that i don't i've said this since the beginning of this entire pandemic since sports kind of made its return back in gosh july right i've said i thought it was ridiculous to have fans at all at any of these sporting events because and i always go back to something that sean doolittle said who is a pitcher in Major League Baseball with the Washington Nationals, I believe. He decided not to play this season because of COVID, from what I, from, if, I, if I'm remembering correctly. And he essentially said that sports are a reward for a functioning society. And that is really the perfect encapsulation and description of my feelings on having fans in the stands we're recording on a Monday night, and in the, on the background here, I have Monday Night Football on. They're playing in Cleveland right now, and the stadium seems pretty packed. I don't know the exact number of fans that they have there, but just listening to the fan reaction to what was just now a, a Cleveland Browns touchdown in the last two minutes of the game in the fourth quarter, it's loud there. And if it's that loud, that means you have a lot of people there. And I think that's unfortunate. You know, I don't, I haven't seen any research into how a spread, if a spread can happen at a, a sporting event as opposed to other places. But it's just a sheer number. Like if you have 15,000 people in your, in your stadium, even though they're completely spaced out, that's still a lot of people to have in one concentrated area, isn't it? And I think, I think that's ridiculous and crazy. So granted, it's going to hurt these teams a lot. In fact, Craig Morgan in his article, he actually had a, a, a kind of an interesting take on this. And just to kind of give you an idea for, for what kind of impact it's going to have, the Coyotes valuation dropped to $285 million, where it was once over $300 million. According to Craig here, he says the franchise lost about a quarter of its home gate when the final 12 games of the season were canceled. And that's what we're dealing with here, is for a sport like the NHL that relies a lot on having fans in attendance, I have I wonder how much pressure ownership, the ownership of the NHL is going to put on these municipalities to say, listen, we need to have fans in attendance. And I have a feeling there's going to be some pushback from a lot of these, these places and California being one of them, Arizona to an extent, because it was essentially Arizona health officials that had to go to the Cardinals and say, listen, COVID's out of hand here. We can't have 5,000 people in attendance. And so it's a very complicated issue here and there's a lot going on, but I agree with you 100%. I don't think we're going to get fans in the stands this season. 
Yeah, the interesting thing is, like, I, I definitely, like, I don't think there should be, you know, we're, we're coming around the corner of this whole thing, and we're finally starting to get to, like, it's, it's a great time for science, like, you have to applaud science and the fact that they were able to get this vaccine out and this vaccine out safely um, in this small amount of time, because it usually takes more like three to five years um, for a vaccine to come out. So um, for them to have really been able to do it at the speed, it w was one impressive in its own. Um, but it's going to take some time. And like at this point, it's like really why, you know, why try and push it this close to the finish line, basically? So um, I, I don't really think there needs to be because it, it'll end up balancing out later. I do think, um, and, and what I mean by it'll end up balancing out later is I think there will be a massive rush of people going to games. There will be a massive rush of people going to gyms and restaurants and uh, movies and all the things that they couldn't do. There's going to be a, a bunch of money that comes pouring in. Um, all at once. And so I think it's going to take some time and it's going to be hard for um, certain businesses and stuff like that to um, survive during this time until then. But I think things will um, balance out eventually, or at least they're predicted to be. Um, but in the end, it, what's going to be really interesting to see is it's going to be interesting to see if the Coyotes will be the only team that's going to be playing out of Gila River. Gila River. I don't know what accent I just threw on that. Um, it will be interesting to see if they're going to be the only team or if there will be some California teams that will be playing at Gila River as well because of the fact that um, you're seeing that right now with the Niners um, at University State of Phoenix Stadium. State Farm. Damn it. Mm, I second guessed that. I was like, shit. Um, when I graduated high school, it was it was University of Phoenix, so I always have to like move past that. Um, but um, and the reason why that's relevant is because I graduated at University of Phoenix. It's but um, so I um, I'm losing my train of thought. Oh, yeah, since since they are um, playing there in, you know, in the same stadium, you have to wonder if the same thing is going to be happening, considering the fact that, um, there's going to be a rise, sadly, in COVID numbers and in deaths after, um, the holiday season, because there will be people gathering and not wearing masks and traveling, and that will always lead to rising cases and, Traditionally, California has been known to shut things down like pro sports um, during rises in cases. Um, from what Ducey has kind of shown us thus far, I doubt Ducey will be doing any other mandates than of what he is doing now. So um, there is, I think, a great possibility that you might see a California team or two might be coming and playing here in Arizona. You, you never really know in this situation, and that might be an interesting situation in itself because, you know, trying to keep the players from contracting COVID from each other on, on, on a singular team is difficult, and then you add multiple teams in the situation and um, all of that. It's it just the entire thing. I just feel like I can't stop saying how much it's a mess on so many angles, and uh, I just can't wait for all this crap to be over.
And to add into what you were saying there about the uh, the San Jose Sharks, um, Kevin Kurz, who covers the NHL, he said this back on December 9th. He said, hearing that if the Sharks are not able to hold training camp in San Jose, Santa Clara County, then somewhere in the Phoenix-Scottsdale area is the likeliest relocation scenario. And um, I, I don't know what the exact specifications are like when that mandate was going to lift i know i as far as i know the 49ers are going to be here in arizona for another couple of weeks so i don't know if it's until the end of the month or 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 what it may be but it's a possibility that the sharks are going to have to start practicing here in arizona and they they could do it at iced and scottsdale they could possibly share the place with the coyotes although i don't know if they want two teams sharing that same you know the same locker rooms etc etc and the same sheet of ice that's kind of an interesting idea but have they had have they had any discussions about the la kings no as because the kings are in a different county they're in la county and i don't think the la county has issued the same guidelines regarding uh, sports as Santa Clara County. Where the I was just curious because I know that they just went into a lockdown, so I didn't know if that they were saying if they had speculated at all. Um, because like for um, you know, most people saw basically every celebrity talk about how they were going into lockdown because of LA County. So I didn't know if um, in case you know things got worse and they decided to move that into the the sport realm if they had thrown around any um, ideas of what they would do if that were the case as well. Yeah, I haven't seen anything. As far as I know, the Lakers and the Clippers are still playing there at Staples Center. And they just kicked off their season, I believe, here, most or preseason recently. So, yeah, let us know. Do you think the Coyotes are going to have fans in the stands this year? Would you go to games if you had the opportunity to go to a Coyotes game here in 2021. If you're a season ticket holder, I'm very fascinated to hear from season ticket holders of the Coyotes. What is a team telling its season ticket holders about this season and if fans are going to be allowed, et cetera, et cetera, that kind of stuff. So uh, we should, um, before we, let's continue the hockey talk here, Corey, for another couple of minutes. And let's quickly touch on ASU. Uh, quick update, don't really have to dive too deeply into it, but they played Penn State last for two games this week, and they lost both games in overtime, including a, the, the second game of that series, which was on Sunday. They took a 3-1 a to one lead in that game. They scored three goals in the span of a minute to get a lead. They then extended that lead to four to one in the first after the first period. They then let that lead slip away slowly but surely throughout the rest of the game. And they ended up losing of course in overtime. So ASU's record now sits at three, six, and one. They're competitive in every single one of these games that they're losing, which is a good sign. However, there's only so many games in the season and at some point, you're going to need to start winning those games as opposed to losing them. Again, par for the course, they got outshot again, which I believe we talked about last week on the show, 45-40. to 40. And um, 
Greg Powers said it was a lot of mental errors by guys that they can't make. We saw that in the game against um, Notre Dame where there were just some mental errors at the end of the game there. Their special teams continues to be a struggle. Um, I think they got one power play goal maybe in this in that game against Penn State in the second game there. So yes. it's um, it's a little bit of a kind of disappointment, I'd say, for ASU so far this season that they're not quite – turning these good performances into full 60-minute contests. And, hey, who does that sound like? Sounds like the, <laughs> sounds like the Coyotes, doesn't it? Bad, uh, Less than stellar power play, good defense, okay goaltending, but just an inability to play a full 60 minutes. Yeah, it's it's really difficult in the fact that you have to wonder how much of this team being – on the road so consistently is is playing into any of this, you know, because it, it's got to be exhausting at a certain point. You don't get the same type of um, relaxation that you can get from just being at home and being able to actually uh, recharge and whatnot. But as for um, how they've been playing and everything, it's, it's a slightly disappointing in the fact that they have the potential to do so well and the fact that they come so close in these games and the fact that they are consistently giving up leads that they have is also disappointing because of the fact that if you are a team that can get ahead in a game, you need to have the strength to hold that lead. And they just haven't been able to do that. And, and it, it's, Really promising in the fact that both of these went into overtime and they were overtime losses. But like I said, you have to wonder if these games that go longer like this have any anything resting on the fact that they have been on the road for so long already and these guys have to be pretty mentally exhausted and physically exhausted. And I'm sure um, it doesn't help their situation at all. And ASU hockey for them coming up next as they continue their long road trip. Um, They're going to um, play Ohio State coming up, which is going to finish up their uh, first part of their schedule here. Uh, and then they go on their Christmas break, essentially. So that's what's up next for ASU. Should we do one more Coyotes thing, Corey, quickly? Yeah, one last thing with the ASU mm-hmm. thing is I, I really hope that uh, with their next games that they are on something that is actually watchable instead of uh, Big Ten Plus. Yeah. Um, why they get shoved into Big Ten Plus because of, you know, all the other sports that are always favored over hockey, which will drive me insane till probably the day that I die. But... Um, Let's let's also hope for that because I, I feel like with them being the like honorary Big Ten um, part of the Big Ten this year um, that they should be getting more TV time. Like this is if they have to do this and have to go through all of this, they need to get a little bit more national recognition. And it shouldn't be me having to claw through Big Ten plus and figuring out their um subscription and that was way too much to be spending on just watching um uh an ASU game uh 
just to be able to watch a game because of the fact that, you know, as it is, ASU hockey is, as I've always said, trying so hard to break through and get better and become more of a forefront here in the state and in the nation. And ASU has been one of the big contributors to that and the fact that they are the first NCAA team here in the state. So if they could get some more solid like national coverage, I would be very, very happy. And that could be my Christmas gift this year from all the hockey gods. So let's hope. I agree, because it kind of sucks not being able to watch them, because they're obviously a fun, a really fun team to watch this year, and the only game we've gotten to watch is that second game against Notre Dame, because it was on NBC Sports Network. So, yeah, get on that, Big Ten. Make your games more accessible to everybody, for goodness sake. I didn't think it would be harder to watch games than how hard the Pac-12 makes it to watch their games on the Pac-12 Network. The Big Ten topping them with ASU hockey at least before we quickly Corey before we we get into the one last Coyotes piece of news do you know if I said the term bad beat do you know what I would be talking about bad beat yes if I say wow that tonight's Browns Ravens game that was a really bad beat. Do you know what I would be referring to? Um, uh, it was, it was a, like a bad win. Like they, it, they won, but they won in a bad way. Not quite. I, I don't blame you for not exactly knowing what it is because it's a betting term and ah, a bad beat. Not a better. Yeah. A bad beat is essentially if, You are close to winning a bet and something happens in the game towards the tail end of the game that causes that bet to sway the other way. That's called a bad beat. Well, in tonight's Browns-Ravens game, I think I may have just witnessed the worst bad beat in the history of mankind. The Ravens kicked a field goal at the end of the game to go up 45-42. to There was just enough time remaining then to allow the Browns to do like this wild, it wasn't even a Hail Mary. It was like a, on the kickoff, I believe. And it was one of those plays where they were constantly trying to lateral to keep the game going. It was quite silly and hilarious until they started going backwards and backwards and backwards into their own end zone. And Wait, so they were they were running back the punt? No, uh, it was yeah, it was on the kickoff, and they were trying to lateral to keep the game going, and to try and get a touchdown some in some miracle fashion. But instead of doing that, they literally had the ball go out of the back of their own end zone, and so it was a safety. And so the final score of the game was forty-seven to forty-two, and. The reason why this is a bad beat is because the betting line going into the game was three. So essentially what had to happen is that the Browns were plus three in the game, which means that they had three points. They were given three points to start the game. So either they would have had to have won straight up or lost by three points or less. 
So before that Hail Mary crazy play, they would have covered the spread and people would have won their bets. However, after that safety, they lost their bets because the Ravens ended up winning by five points and they covered their spread. So there you go. I hope you learned something tonight, Corey. What a bad beat is. Crazy finish in the game. But I thought I'd just bring that up because it was it was hilarious. I was wondering why you were chuckling when I was talking about ASU hockey earlier. Now I know what it is. Mm-hmm. You know, I um, I this is why I don't bet. Mm-hmm. I only bet on things that I'm yeah, pretty sure it. I'm going to win. Don't do it. Sports betting is the worst. That's why I don't do it very often. Number one, because I suck at it. And number two, because it will tear your heart out on a consistent basis. I'm not even a gambler. And and you know this. Like, mm-hmm. I hate gambling. Because I hate wasting money. Mm-hmm. I, like, I want to bet on something when I know most likely I'm going to win. And, like, and yes, there I will do, like gambling when it comes to like lower amounts of money and and I get to like enjoy myself by playing something for a while but like outside of that and playing like I'll I'll play some random games with Richie because Richie like knows random games that I don't know so he'll like teach me them and so it's entertaining but um outside of that I'm not a big gambler either um I would much rather be the person like so if like I get, get I go to Vegas, right? Like, I really wouldn't be gambling that much. I would rather just get really drunk and watch other people gamble. <laughs> That's good to know um, for the next time when COVID's over and we wind up in Vegas together. I You can find me at the, the craps table or the blackjack table, and I'll be doing it solo. <laughs> hey, I, I went one year um, with a friend of mine. And um, I lost her for a while. I found her, don't worry. Um, but it was such a great story, apparently, that the bartender told me that he was going to be telling um, other people who come and drink at like the bar in uh, New York, New York there, uh, that um, he's going to be telling them our story. And I thought to myself, if I have made it on the list of stories for a bartender to tell other people in Vegas, Mm -hmm. then I have made it somewhere. Probably not anywhere good, but definitely somewhere. That's pretty funny. That's pretty funny. Okay, uh, we're running out of time here because we don't want to go for too long. We're already about 40 minutes (laughs) already. So We can yap. Yeah, what should we we do? Should we do... I think we can leave the Coyote story for... For next, we'll leave the best Kyrie story of 2020 for Monday's episode. Let's let's do quickly the you had you put out a tweet, Corey. So you're gonna have to explain this. How and where did you come up with the idea for the most annoying song of 2020, and what's your pick? Well, I always like something that's going to. I am not the shit stirrer, as as a lot of people will know. Uh, out of the two of us, Richie is more of the shit stirrer than I am. But I always like to find something towards the end of the year that's something that people like kind of attach to and can get a little bit heated over but not to the point where they want to rip your head off so I I just kind of thought of like and I listen to music like a lot throughout the day so I was like you know what I'm gonna do the most annoying song of 2020 everyone has that song when it comes on the radio they're like oh my god not this song again so I thought why not Richie had to have had one because Richie is like 
Mr. Hipster over here, he does not really listen to mainstream. So there had to, I figured there had to be like something that he was like, God, this is annoying. Like, why do you consider this to be music? So um, I was kind of hoping for that. And so I put that out. We got two really great responses. So before I um, say what mine are, I do want to give a shout out to two of them that um, came actually from the Hockey Podcast Network. The first one is from Neil. He's from the um, Devil State of Mind podcast on the network. And uh, he said, Baby Shark, absolutely, 100%. That is the most fucking annoying song ever. I will give props to um, my parents' Alexa, though, because it started playing a version, like a trap version of Baby Shark. And I was like outside because my my niece was at my parents' house and um, I was outside with my boyfriend and I was like, wait a second, is that like uh, like an EDM remix of uh, Baby Shark? And it was. And I don't know how my mom found it or where she. I think she just told them told it to play Baby Shark, but it was it was probably the funniest version of it I've I've heard. But I will absolutely agree with that. And then the second one that we got in was from Nate, who's on the Quack Report podcast on the network as well. And his is actually kind of a hot take. Um, Your roommate, Richie, will not be happy with this one. He said WAP. And you know what, Corey? I'm going to agree with him because that was actually my pick. No way. Don't tell Kat. She's getting a, a a sweater that actually has WAP on it. So you may not want to tell her that to her face. It's it's hilarious. It's a hilarious song, but damn it, is it's fucking stupid. <laughs> and every time I hear it, which isn't very often, I'm just like, oh, not this garbage again. I don't. The only time I really enjoyed listening to the song is when Ben Shapiro did his like sp- uh, speak spoken word version of the song. Now that was fucking hilarious, and that was that was great, and that made me giggle. I watched the music video for the song one time, and I was like, "Oh, this is way too horny for me. I'm never gonna watch this again." And the song, very annoying. And it will it will leave the consciousness after twenty twenty is over. People are going to stop talking about it. So Nate is I, gonna, Nate's one hundred percent correct. And I did not know this. Did you? I don't know if you knew this. Nate from at the Ducks podcast. He's actually in a band with his co-host Carter. And let me get the name of the band correct because I, I, I want to make sure to, to shout them out here for a second. Um, damn, that's awesome. Yes, um, he's in a band called reckless renegade and he he is the band is him and his co-host carter on the ducks podcast which i think is really funny so you're 100 correct nate damn richie we gotta start a band or something that's that's dope that's mm-hmm. that's some rock yeah star it makes shit us right feel there. like we've done shit with our lives <laughs> i know right they're like they're like we're a band we're a podcast damn okay um I, I do have to admit, I did thoroughly enjoy when people, after the election, were singing WAP outside the White House. That was hilarious. That, that was really entertaining for me, so I found a new appreciation for the song in that moment. Um, 
but mine are actually somewhat similar. Um, and one of them is actually like the other person outside of, oh my gosh, why can't I think of her name? Um, who sings WAP? Why can't I Megan think of her Megan Uh, Well, it's Megan the Stallion and uh, what's... Cardi B. Cardi B, thank you. So I, one of mine, I was going to say that outside of Cardi B is actually... Megan the Stallion does one of the ones that I chose. But so the first one I chose um, is uh, by Doja Cat and it's Say So. Have you ever heard of it? I've heard it referenced. Have no fucking clue what it sounds like or who Doja Cat is. It sounds like um, like cats like it genuinely it's she there's like this and and it's a very popular song and it plays a lot and maybe that's part of what annoys me but it just it sounds to me it's very high pitched and it's kind of nails on the chalkboardy to me i i really don't like it i feel like it's gonna hit some people really roughly that i don't like it because like it's it was a big song this year I, I don't like it. Um, and, and and that was the one that I was like, when I was asking Scotty, I was like, I don't know what to, I wasn't sure what to choose at first. And he's like, oh, you always change the radio when that song comes on. Because it is, it's obnoxious. Um, and then my second one is by Megan Thee Stallion and it's uh, Body. Like, Okay, I'm glad you went with that one. First of all, I have no fucking clue what that song is. Second of all, I actually like her song Savage. That one's actually pretty dope. Oh. She performed that on SNL not too long. I was like, all right, I can dig that. That's kind of actually pretty catchy. Good for her. I I don't I don't mind it um as much. Um body, like it it's got a great message to it. Um it it's catchy. Um there's only times you can hear someone say "adi adi 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 adi" before you just get annoyed. That sounds really annoying. Yeah, you've got to listen to both of them because yes. uh, you'll have to be introduced to both of these. But I, I first, I don't remember what award show I was watching. I was watching an award show and she performed it on there, and I was like, "It's catchy," but like you can only hear it so many times before it just gets really annoying. And some people are going to hate me for that one, too. So, um, but yeah, those those are probably pretty hot takes coming from us for a, a lot of people. Um, but, you know, we've, we've got to be honest here in the Sporting Nation. And uh, so those are our most annoying songs of 2020. I think we did a good job. And I'm glad me and Nate agree. So if you're listening to us, Sporting Nation, and you still have your picks... Go on Twitter at Corey underscore Richie Show and let us know what your most annoying song of 2020 is. I want, I'm curious to hear from everybody because, like you said, Corey, I don't really listen to popular music anymore. I I listen to most alternative stuff and some out 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 there weird indie shit most of the time. And so a lot of the popular songs I just don't know. Like I saw Justin Bieber on on a couple of lists, and I was like, I don't know what that fucking song is. I. Oh, the other song I thought about was Watermelon Sugar from Henry Harry Styles. 
But that song is just Okay, you just freaked out by the music video because we made you watch the music video. Yes, and that's the only reason I know the song exists is because of the of the music video and because we were uh, we we watched a clip of Timothy Chalamet from SNL the other night where he was making fun of Harry Styles and Watermelon Sugar and that was the other song that I kind of had partially on my list but I'm curious to hear from the Sporting Nation what they say. Richie, you were just hating on all of the most sexual songs of 2020. <laughs> That is like pro- that. There's not a more sexual way to eat watermelon than that music video. If if you're into that, go ahead and watch that. You'll thank me later. It just makes me uncomfortable. Kind of like the WAP music video. The WAP one, I don't know. It is kind of funny. Like it's um, it's the 2020 version of um, the Nicki Minaj Anaconda music video. It's it's got the same vibes as that. I don't know. I I thought it was more kind of funny. Watermelon sugar. I also thought with see. I maybe that's what it is. I find them funny. Like I found that one funny. I found the watermelon sugar one funny. Like I was laugh. And then seeing how uncomfortable water, how uncomfortable you were watching watermelon sugar, it just made it even funnier. So there's a there's a nice place in my heart for how uncomfortable it made you. And with that, let's make you uncomfortable now because it is time to end the show with some quick random shit stories. I have a few this week. Um, No vagina talk this time. No penis talk this time, but still some great stories. And we begin by talking about kitty cats. Okay, please tell me you're talking about actual cats and that's not a euphemism for something else. I'm talking about actual cats. Okay, thank God. Researched, published... This month in the journal Pathogens, authors offer further evidence for the theory that Bartonella bacteria, which can be spread by insect bites and animal scratches, most famously by that of cats, is linked with psychiatric symptoms. So, cat scratch fever is indeed a thing. I always knew I hated cats. And that just proves why I hate cats. Because they can genuinely make you go insane. And although I do wonder, if this is the case, why has Gibson not made anyone go insane? That's a great question. Maybe because he keeps his paws nice and clean, so it doesn't don't have to worry about it. Because I, I actually was over at my parents' house over the weekend... And um, I saw him and he he immediately came up to me like when I was opening the door. He saw me. He's like, oh, look, Richie's back. And he came up to me and I, so I petted him and he scratched me. And so I have scratches on my arm somewhere. So. Oh, the, it's all downhill from here. You yeah, he's a, get ver- cat he's a very bitey, scratchy cat. But he doesn't do it because he he's mean. He, he thinks it's he's playing when he does it. Yeah, because you look like a giant ball of yarn. so doesn't he like leave for like long periods of time though yeah yeah he he's a out indoor outdoor cat mostly outdoor so he'll just go and roam around for forever and then come back to eat i still believe that he runs some type of like 
underground cat mafia. And the fact that he, like, disappears in the middle of the night, like, would make you let him out in the middle of the night to just leave. Mm -hmm. And then he comes back. Either that or he has another family, Richie. There is a reality show in there somewhere. I kind of want to put a camera and just and just see where he goes and what he yes. does. Yes, we need to find like a like a cheap version of a GoPro just in case we lose it and like just see what Gibson does at night. Like just do an entire video of where does Gibson go. <laughs> I I want to see it. You want to see it. But just next time you get scratched by your kitty cat, Sporty Nation, if you do have, if you do own cats, um, just be aware that Cat Scratch Fever, Ted Nugent, was right. Cat Scratch Fever exists. Maybe that's why he is the way he is. <laughs> that would explain a lot. All right, I got one more for you before we go because we're running super long because... That's what we do, Sporty Nation. We just yap and we just don't stop. And it goes by so quickly, but we don't really know it goes by that quickly. So, an alligator rumored to have been Adolf Hitler's personal pet died in May at the age of 84 at the Moscow Zoo. And to honor him, he's going to be stuffed for posterity and put on display at the city's Darwin Zoo. Damn. Well, that is an alligator who has seen shit, has seen a lot of shit. And that is, that's impressive. I mean, after watching, oh my gosh, what was that movie where um, it was t- like showing the bunker, like right before he killed himself? Downfall. And showing, Full yes, sh- showing all the crazy ass motherfuckers who decided to like kill themselves because and their, like, family and their children and shit because he was, like, dying and they couldn't, like, they didn't want to live in a world where narcissistic asshole was, wasn't in power, um, is crazy because, meanwhile, this alligator was just like, fuck you guys, I'm going to survive until 2020. I have some more details on this gator. The gator's name was Saturn. It was born in the wild in Mississippi in 1936 and was originally gifted to the Berlin Zoo. However, he was held in Hitler's private collection of animals and he was found by British soldiers in Berlin after World War II and he was gifted to the Russians. Whoa, 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 whoa. This poor fucking alligator. So he was born in Mississippi. He was gifted to... Germany during like the the worst times in Germany and then he was gifted to Russia yes they tortured this fucking alligator what the hell he could have been he could have been gifted to Florida he could have been eating dumb people in Florida but instead he had to go to Russia and um Germany the hell is wrong with these people, this poor alligator has been through a lot of shit. I mean, um, it is a survivor, though. I, you know, oh, it survived. Oh, there's pictures. There's pictures. Oh yeah, what the hell? This is kind of freaky. Oh, I don't like that at all. Of it alive? No, this or is. Yeah, this is stuff. like the picture of it of it in the museum. 
So, so once it's been stuffed and it's in the museum. Yeah. That's really creepy. Like, really I don't creepy. know. I just feel like it would be really creepy for one. And for two, I'm not sure I would trust it. Like, I feel like that would be a great place for there to be, like, a bomb or something. You know? Just like, hmm. Something about a Nazi alligator that got later gifted to Russia. I don't know. It just makes me uncomfortable. See, I told you. I promised you I would make you uncomfortable. That is true. You did promise me that you would make me uncomfortable. Wow. How the how the turntables. <laughs> All right. Anything? And, in, and, and in case anyone wonders, yes, I know it's how the tables have turned. That's from the office. But just saying. Before anyone wants to call me out on that. Uh, anything else before we go? Um, um, no, I'm so uncomfortable after the whole alligator story. I'm not sure if I should feel bad for this alligator or if this alligator was pure evil. Um, so I'm just gonna, gonna dwell on that, um, and not say much because now I just feel very strange and confused. <laughs> All right, Sporty Nation, we will talk to you again on the Monday episode. Until then, good night and good hockey, everybody.